If you were hoping not to hear about redistricting again until 2030 with the next census, New York's top court recently dashed your dreams as they directed the state's bipartisan redistricting commission to take another stab at drawing congressional boundaries for the Empire State, a task they were unable to reach a consensus on two years ago. The ruling creates a lot of different potential outcomes for New York's redistricting future, including the possibility of more court appearances. To discuss what comes next and talk about the decision from the State Court of Appeals, We're joined once again by Jeff Weiss, a senior fellow and adjunct professor with the New York Law School's Census and Redistricting Institute, and was, in another life, the redistricting counsel to state Democratic legislative leaders. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Great to be back, David. Thank you. So we'll get to the ruling from the State Court of Appeals and the argument behind this bomb they've dropped on us. But let's start by discussing the practical ramifications, at least in the short term. What is the state's bipartisan redistricting commission uh, directed to do now? The court directed the state's commission to go back to work and to pick up where it left off in February 2022. That means to send a second round map for the congressional districts to the legislature. The, The first map was submitted In January 2022, it was rejected. The commission fell apart at that point, was unable to complete its job to send a second map for the legislature to to consider. So we're we're back to uh, second base right now. And what is the timeline for this action? Has the court prescribed when they need to have that map to the legislature? Yes, the court gave the commission until February 28th to send a map to the legislature that's one day after the state board of elections you know has indicated petitioning for the congressional district primary uh, to be held in June can start <laughs> so assuming the commission reaches a consensus on lines the legislature then needs to give them a thumbs up or down if the democratic majorities accept the lines is that it are these the boundaries we have until the next census They will be the lines if the governor approves the bill, and she's indicated right now that she's not going to get involved in the line drawing process except to make the determination to uh, accept or veto a map. So uh, if the legislature can agree on a map, that map will probably stick for the 2024 through 2030 elections. Now, what happens if the Democratic majorities reject the lines they receive? Does the commission get another chance to draw them again, or does the legislature now get the pen? This is where the legislature has the ability to draw a map, unlike what happened last year when the legislature jumped ahead and did what should have been its role in enacting a plan. The court said last year, no, you need to have a second map from the commission before you. So once the legislature gets past the second map, whether to approve it, reject it, if they reject it, then the legislature can draw a map of its own, possibly subject to a few limitations. Well, does the legislature have to give a reason for potentially rejecting the lines, which might give the public a chance to you know, evaluate their motives? Not really. And so what is the mechanism? There's just a, an up or down vote on whether to accept them? The legislature will give the commission's map, or it might be multiple maps. We'll see what the commission does, but it's an up or down vote without amendment. And then the uh, the legislature can develop a map of its own. And as the Constitution says, quote, as it deems necessary, unquote. 
you made an important distinction there, the possibility of getting one or even more sets of maps from the commission, which is what we saw this last go around because the commission couldn't reach a consensus on lines and the Democrats and Republicans both presented their own boundaries. If that happens again, if there isn't an ability to reach a consensus, would separate competing maps fulfill the obligation of the commission in the court size? I'd expect it would. You know, the, the uh, state constitutional amendment uh, in its drafting back in 2012 and approved by the voters in 2014, you know, was pretty well flawed. The commission to send its own bipartisan map to the legislature needs seven of 10 votes of the commission members with at least one appointee of each of the four separate legislative leaders appointees in that majority. That would be a bipartisan consensus. But if they can't reach that, then the Constitution also says that the map or maps with the most votes can be sent to the legislature as well. So then that's what happened in January 2022 when the commission failed to reach agreement and they sent a Democratic map and they sent a Republican set of maps. And both of those sets were rejected by the legislature. If the Republicans or the Democrats, for some reason, decide not to play, and there's only maybe five members of the commission who are willing to vote on maps, is that enough of a quorum, so to speak, to have a vote on maps and to convene the commission? Or can one side or the other effectively stop them from holding any votes? Uh, Right now, the Republicans and Democrats have indicated every intention to cooperate. We've got to wait and see. But there has been conversation, even the court discussed this during oral oral arguments last year. What happens if the members refuse to play ball? I think there could be further court action forcing the members to show up. We have to wait and see if that unfolds the way it, it might. Hopefully it won't be that way. When you say force them to act, what sort of levers can the judiciary pull? Uh, We'll have to see what the court would do, because this is really unprecedented, whether they fine them, whether they threaten, I doubt they threaten them with any kind of jail time. But, uh, you know, that would be up to the Court of Appeals. Well, before we talk about the likely possibility of the Democrats in the legislature drawing the lines, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. Uh, This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the latest in the redistricting drama with Jeff Weiss, a senior fellow and adjunct professor with the New York Law School's Census and Redistricting Institute. So assuming the legislature ends up with the pen in their hands, and by that I mean the Democratic majorities in the Assembly and Senate, what do they need to do to avoid having their lines ultimately tossed out by the courts for invoking a partisan gerrymander designed to help Democrats and hurt Republicans? Well, the legislature would need to craft a new map that carefully follows the uh, unprioritized, unranked criteria in the Constitution and to especially avoid any kind of map that looks through its optics at favoring or disfavoring a political party or candidate known commonly as partisan gerrymandering. It was alleged that the Democratic map that was thrown out last year could have advantaged the Democrats by six districts. I don't really buy that myself, but Uh, A map could not be seen to be so overreaching as to try to give Democrats six more districts. But, you know, aside from trying to, you know, look at whether it's two districts, three or four districts, 
the this the map needs to be a fair map it needs to be a balanced map it needs to be a map that comports with the constitution and especially from the court's perspective is an enactment of a map by the legislature because the courts do not want to draw maps that was made very clear by the uh, court of appeals in its decision earlier this month so when you think about the maps that were drawn by the special master are there opportunities for Democrats to redraw boundaries that might give them an edge but could still potentially be seen to be nonpartisan because they're maybe addressing complaints made by community groups or municipalities that were raised in the wake of the last lines? Yeah, that is what I'd expect would have to happen. The legislature you know, could do some cleanup in the Long Island region, uh, probably in the lower Hudson Valley. Um, the most criticized district map in the uh, court plan was to put the east side and the west side of Manhattan together in one district the first time in decades that that had ever been done. And that eliminated a very senior member of the New York delegation who chaired a committee from continuing in Congress and resulted in a very messy primary between two senior Democrats. We'd want to avoid you know, those kinds of things happening again. I don't think you can undo the map to separate the east side and the west side from each other again. I, I'm not going to be the, the map drawer. I don't know yet. But that, that was just that's just one example where you know, the public clearly made it known last year that in Manhattan, you know, the east side is east and the west side is west not midtown in one district. Well, is it safe to assume that whatever the Democrats in the legislature draw, if they get that opportunity, that it will be challenged by Republicans? Well, it could be challenged. And the Republicans said that they you know, they might go to court if they see something uh, overreaching. We have to wait and see. And then it comes down to a battle in court between uh, the political science experts that the two parties would you know, bring to court to uh, fight out whether a plan is too partisan or not. Well, that actually assumes that the courts hear cases on the merits and not based on the ideology of the judges. But we'll move right on from that uh, uh, notion to the uh, timing issue that you brought up before. It's going to be a crazy tight timeline if things go perfectly, but things are not going to go perfectly because this is New York. So what does that mean for the June primaries that are scheduled right now? Is it possible those are going to have to get pushed back uh, to later in the calendar? Um, yeah, I'm hesitant to want to say possible, but that could happen. If you work backwards, petitioning is supposed to start on February 27th. You know, the court indicated that the commission should get its job done before the February 28th deadline. But if the commission can get its work done and send a map or set a map to the legislature uh, before it goes back in session in early January, maybe even with a little time into January to do that as well. That gives the legislature time to act. The key thing is, from a best of all possible world scenario, is to have a new map in place by early to mid-February to allow candidates and county boards of elections to get the time they need to prepare for the primary and for petitioning. But right now, there is time. Uh, The commission is meeting next Thursday in Albany to discuss administrative matters. So, you know, some progress is already is already being made. 
Let's turn to the court ruling itself with the state's top court asked to decide whether the maps created for 2022 were intended to be temporary or supposed to remain in place uh, until the next federal census, the way the lines drawn by a court 10 years earlier uh, were left in place. What reason did the majority on the court give for deciding that the lines drawn uh, about a year and a half ago were intended to be temporary? The court interpreted the, uh, the decision from last year and the map resulting from it as one that addressed the immediate need to create a new map based on 2020 census data for the 2022 elections, given that it was too late for the commission, which imploded, and for the legislature, which didn't have the authority to complete the process. So the court stepped in to draw a map for 2022. The court did not indicate in that decision if the plan was supposed to last one year uh, or not, but it was interpreted that it was for one cycle to address the immediate need for a new map and left open-ended about what to do for the remainder of the decade. And that precipitated the lawsuit brought by New York voters in state court to ask the court to direct the commission to go back to work and finish their job as the voters intended when they uh, enacted and when they approved the constitutional amendment creating the commission and the new process in 2014. Now that the commission has this work to do, there has been an argument made uh, from some on the far left in New York that the commission's Democratic head, Ken Jenkins, who is entrenched in Westchester County politics, should recuse himself from this, considering how one of his close Democratic allies, George Latimer, the Westchester County executive, is now looking to run for Congress and could be impacted by whatever lines they come up with. Uh, We've heard from the commission that uh, Chair Jenkins has no plans to step down Do you think that could potentially represent a conflict of interest that could raise legal issues? And just from an ethical perspective, do you think he should resign? I I don't think he should resign. And I think from what I've seen so far, Ken Jenkins has done a very careful job at maintaining uh, the separation between his job with Westchester County and his role as chair of the commission and that he is the chair of the commission, but there are nine other members who will be, will be making decisions with him. So I think he is insulated from any kind of accusation of favoritism. And then we'd have to see what an actual map looks like and how people re- respond to that. And finally, in the wake of this experience, some good government groups have renewed their calls to update the state constitution to create a new commission to oversee redistricting. I think in the course of this conversation, you've mentioned that we have a flawed uh, process. So do you think we need substantive changes to how uh, the state and federal legislative lines are drawn in New York? Very much so. And it's something I've already been given um, a lot of thought to. Uh, New York needs a process that to have a commission has to have one that can operate from day one to the very end without all these open-ended loopholes and contradictions. The big question is going to be whether New York can create a commission independent of the legislature, similar to what California and, and Michigan have, to make it a truly independent process. The state constitution refers to our commission as an independent commission, but but it's really a a so-called independent commission because it reports to the legislature uh, and the legislature has final authority. So the big question is going to be, uh, how far can the state go to clean up the mess within the commission 
and how far will the state go through the legislature approving this to create a truly independent process that would almost ensure that this kind of fiasco couldn't happen again. New York's legislative process does not allow for voters or good government groups or anybody to initiate this type of constitutional change specific to redistricting would have to come from the legislature. And do the Democratic majorities then have any motivation to reform the commission, especially if the process this year plays out with them successfully getting to draw their own lines for Congress? Well, they should have that incentive to create an independent process. And I think there are a number of legislators who were not in office 10 years ago and who have been elected for the first time uh, in in recent elections, especially since 2018, who might be more open-minded to that kind of approach, a totally independent process. Right, but they're not the ones in power. And at the end of the day, it seems like they're not going to do anything that would jeopardize the democratic control of this process. Right. Well, we have two or three years to you know work this process through. I intend to be quite active in the reform process. I think that will really you know gain speed as soon as the current map is finalized, as the 2020s map is finalized. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Jeff Weiss. He is a senior fellow and adjunct professor with the New York Law School Census and Redistricting Institute. Jeff, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.